Bez Hashem, we are learning Baruchas Chavit Dalid Amr Aleph. We're going to pick up from the bottom of Chavit Gimel Amr Beis, around six lines from the bottom, where it says Baminei Rav Yosef Bereid Rav Nechunya Rav Yehuda. So before we begin the Gemara, let's begin with a short introduction discussing the three main points that we'll be learning this morning. One is, in those days they wore tefillin the whole time, and they also didn't have necessarily the safest of the places to put the tefillin when they went to sleep. One of the places, believe it or not, where they put tefillin is by their head, by their bed. And we're going to discuss, of course, you don't put the tefillin by the feet of the person, that's bizarre, that's disgraceful. But the question is, is a person permitted to put the tefillin by his head when he goes to sleep? Uh, is there a difference if his wife is with him in the bed? Is he permitted to keep the tefillin by his head? And then we're going to see that if the tefillin are on a level which is a three tefachim higher, or three tefachim lower, then that will be permissible. Then in the top of Chavdal and Aleph, we're going to come to a scenario of people sleeping in the bed together, and they want to recite Kriyashma. Now, in those days, it was very common for... Number one, to sleep without clothing on. Because they didn't have, clothing was not something which was something that, you know, it doesn't, it got worn out, just go order online, or go, go to the store. Clothing was a very, you know, it took a lot of work to make. So they would not necessarily sleep with clothing on. Another thing they would do is that they would sleep multiple peoples together in the same bed. So the question is, if two men are sleeping in the same bed, and they're not wearing clothing, and it's time to recite Shema, are they permitted to recite Shema? And the question is, if their body parts are touching each other, is this a problem? Maybe it's just the backsides are touching each other. It's not a problem. Facing each other is a problem, and that we'll discuss as well. We'll also mention that a person sleeping with his wife, and they're also unclad, if they can also recite Shema when they're not facing each other. And similar topic will come to as well is that of an erva, Meaning, we'll discuss different parts of, of a lady, how it is forbidden to recite a bracha or any davish of learning Torah, if her a tefach of her body part, a tefach means a, the, the tefach means the size of a fist, which is a very small amount. What is that? Uh, five inches? Four inches? What is that? What would you say? Four inches. Four inches? Okay, approximately. Four. Uh, well, it depends. Go go higher, but uh, uh, four, four to six inches, maybe, right? So a tefach of the body part that is exposed, we can learn, is is uh, also to recite a bracha or kriyashma in front of, as well as if a lady is singing, or even to look at a lady's pinky finger to derive any benefit from it is also forbidden. And with this, we begin now our Shiloh, which we started with as follows: Boy minei Rav Yosef bereid Rav Nechunyo me Rav Yehuda. The shaila is mahu mahu. One second, please. Mahu sheneir chadam tefillin tachas merushayisaf. Can a person put the tefillin underneath his head when he goes to sleep at night with the intention to protect him and they shouldn't get uh, damaged from the rodents or any thieves coming in? Who knows what? Tachas so tachas merushayisaf lekomi bayli. If they put the tefillin below by the person's feet, that's not the shayla. That's not a question. Why not? Because shenoyig bahen minek bizoyin. A person who puts tefillin by his feet, he's behaving with the tefillin in a disgraceful manner. Just like we're learning in the Pelioid Shir, bizoyin. 
Where is the question? My, as a person permitted to put tefillin underneath his head. So Amar Lei, Shmuel. This is what Shmuel says. Shmuel says what? Mutter. Shmuel says mutter. You're permitted to put the tefillin. Taches Merushayisov. And he says what? Afilu ishta imay. Even if your wife is with you in the same bed, then it's not a problem, and there's not a concern to be zayin. So Shmuel says it's not a problem. So the question is, but you see, there's another brayso meisvei. There's a second brayso that says leaniach hodem tefillin tachas merashoyim margoloisov v'bneishin negea behem derech bizoyin shenoyik ben derech bizoyin. Person should not put the tefillin underneath his feet because he's dealing with them in disgraceful fashion. Avol, however, manichun tachas merashoyisov, but he could put it underneath his head. So where's the kasha? The kasha is the difficulty is the next line. But if his wife is with him in the bed, it is Osir. There's a concern that maybe they'll have relations, and that tefillin is there. He cannot have relations in front of Dabr Shabikdusha, that which is of a holy status. So the first Bryce we said that he can put the tefillin by his head to protect them, even if his wife is in bed. The second white Bryce uh, we said, yeah, Shmuel said it's Mutter. But, the, but now, but, but right now we're saying, you know, well, the Bryce has said it, and Shmuel says that's, that's what we do, right? So, now the Bryce says, no, it's a contradiction. You can't, even if you are, you cannot put the tefillin there if your wife is with you. It's awesome. Now, the Bryce says, the Bryce says, now, if there was a shelf, or something which is three tochem higher than the bed, or three tochem lower than the bed, then it's permissible. But what do we see over here? We see that if one's wife is with him in the bed, then it's also to put the tefillin by the head. So we have a tiyufta, the shmuel tiyufta. We have a question on shmuel. Okay, so if you have a question on shmuel, so we have a brice that says not like him, what would you say? The should not be like him. Right? However, says the Gemara, the Allah is like shmuel. Why is Allah like Shmuel? So, Amarava, Afagav, the Tanya, Tiyuf, to the Shmuel, even though we have a Brisa that contradicts what Shmuel said, and Shmuel, the Amoira of later generations compared to the Brisa of Tanoim, of early generations, does not have the power to argue with them. Oh, okay, unless he has a Brisa, that's true. But the reason is that we're saying, Hilchazakavase, so where it says, nonetheless, Hilchazakavase, the Allah is like Shmuel. Okay? Now, why is Allah like him? You don't ask that question? The Gemara asked that question. So let's go further. Okay? Now we go to the top of Chavdalit Amr Aleph, and the Gemara asked the question, why is it that the Allah is like Shmuel when we have a Brisa not like Shmuel? And the Gemara answers as follows. What are you doing, this, sir? Why is a person putting the tefillin by his head? The purpose of putting the tefillin by the head is to protect him from the Akhbarim, from the rodents, or from the, the Ganovim. And unfortunately, it was apparently something that had to be concerned about. We know that back then, it was much more common to have rodents uh, running around the house, and and uh, the place to protect its villain were, were by the person. The rodents wouldn't want to come close to the person, and therefore it was a good protection from the Akhbarim or the Ganovim. So even though it sounds like the the best place to put the film is not by your head, but since it's for protection, 
then we permit it even in each day. We're going to see more about putting the body head. The question is if, if, when I say by your head, if the wife's with you in the bed, right? Right? But even, I'll say like this, even, yes, everyone agrees by the feet you can't. The question is by the head, but still, why would you put your tool by your head? It's not recommended to put the on the bed at all. Okay? But because back then they had this need to protect, to protect. Now, it is, there's a Rashi in Chumash that Rashi says that when a person is alive, the rodents, the, 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 the little mice, whatever it might be, they stay away from the person. The mere fact the person is alive and breathing, it's like scares the person, the mice away. Okay, now, yes, the person's scared, but that's not the point. So that is the protection. The wife's scared. The wife's scared also. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> now the Gemara says, Now, where is he putting these tefillin? By his head. So the Gemara clarifies. Is he putting it literally underneath his head? He's like putting it in between the car and the kesses. The car is like the pillow and the blanket or the pillow and, and, the, and the mattress. But not literally underneath his head. Okay, it's not directly underneath his head. Okay. Um, so the answer is like this, a question of Biyamiya. You put the tefillin in its box, in its bag, and you put it underneath your head. So it sounds like what? You do put the tefillin underneath your head. So we just said above, Rabbi Yirmiya said, it's not literally underneath your head. So the Gemara answers, that you put the tefillin in the bag, and then you know how like when you have your tefillin like in your bag today as well, it's, there's the bumpy part of the, where the tefillin are, and then there's the lower part. So that lower part is what your head is lying on. But the higher part, which is the exact actual tefillin, is not where your head is lying on. And the Gemara gives also <coughs> different mice in different scenarios that this is what they did. By Kapara, By Kapara, he was like hanging the tefillin in the bag from the, from the curtain which was near around his bed, like from like the canopy, you know, they had the canopy beds, and the part of the bag that had the tefillin in it was protruding outside, and then the other part was, the lower part was by his, by his head. Rav Shisha braid the Rav Idi Manach Luhu Ashashifa. Rav Rav Shisha braid the Rav Idi, he would put the tefillin on like this small like the small um, bench, a stool, which was near the bed. And you would put a, a uh, cloth on top of it. Okay. So you had the first case where you had it hanging down from the canopy, uh, and then the second case where he put it by the stool. Now we have over here, in regards to the tefillin by the head, Rav Hanuna, the son of Rav Yosef, says, there was one time I was by the great Rava. And Rav said to me, Zil I see li, tefillin, go bring me my tefillin. Vashtechesinhu, and where do I find this tefillin? Bein kar lekeses, shaloi kineged roishoi. I saw his tefillin, he asked me to bring me his tefillin, where? In between the car and the kesses, the same place that we said earlier, let's say between the, the pillow and the, 
and the blanket or the sheet, uh, the the uh, the mattress. But it wasn't directly underneath where his head would be. Vaviyadanan, I knew the Yantvilava that it was the night before that his wife went to the mikvah, which means there's an obligation for a husband to be with his wife. Ula Agmuron, so why did he tell me to go get his tefillin? Ula Agmuron, Allah Ovid. And he told me to get his tefillin for the main purpose of teaching me halacha, that a person is permitted to put the tefillin by his head. Even what? Ishta imai, even if his wife is with him. Why? Because as we said in Tabadamri, kolim tirinhu tfei aviv. If you're doing it to protect the tefillin, that's permissible. Okay, so obviously you see back then there was this real concern that it needed to be protected. The Gemara now says further. Let's say, as we said in the introduction, let's say a person now is sleeping, let's say with his wife in the bed or with another person in the bed, and we said they're not wearing clothing, and they have to recite Krishna. Are they permitted to do so? Two people that are sleeping in one bed. Mahu, what's the halacha? Is it permissible? Is it permissible for each one to turn their face the opposite direction, not facing each other, and recite Krishna? That is the question posed to in the Gemara over here. Question. So, it has to be a situation where, the, even though they're unclad, but they, the heart person's heart cannot see his nakedness, which means his his uh, genitals. So what does a person do? A person takes his arms and he puts it around his chest and he doesn't have to hurt himself, put a little a little tight, slight pressure to show that there's like a separation. And then he recites Shema. So if you say, well, don't you have to cover your eyes? Well, fine. So you Baruch Hashem, your right hand covers your eyes, your left hand is around your chest. Okay, all taken care of. But that is an important point of Gedali that you mentioned, that yes, he has to make sure that his his heart does not see his lower part of his body. But the question is, is he allowed to do so in the first place? Now they're not facing each other because if they're facing each other, it's usher. Okay, that's not that's not even the shaila. So Amr Lei Rabbi Yehuda says back, Hachi Amr Shmuel. This is what Shmuel, the great Shmuel, we just spoke about. This is what Shmuel says. Vafilo What does Shmuel say? Even if your wife is with you in the bed. Meaning what? You are permitted to recite Kriyashma. And even if your wife is with you, what's the understanding? Well, that if a person's wife is with him, he might have thoughts that would not be uh, suitable for having the reciting Kriyashma at that time. So Maskif, the has a question, Maskif, Lord Rav Yosef, you're telling me that Shmuel says that if your wife is with you, even if your wife is with you, then, then that's permissible? What, what happens if it's a different person, just another man who was lying with you in the same bed, and that's what they did things back then, that's what it was, with that clothing on? So he says, In other words, and we don't have to mention anybody else, that, that what? That in other words, your, your wife, the understanding is, is more chomer. The more strict, and if you could say Shema with your wife in, with you in bed, then you could say Shema with, with a, a different person also. The Gemara says no. Gemara says no. Adra. Gemara says it's not a good proof. You know why? Because we have a principle called Ishtoi Kegufoi. Your wife is like your body. In fact, next week, a week from tonight, will be the first night of Hanukkah, Yitzhak Hashem, and 
we have this principle of ishtakagufoy. If you are away and you can't light, you're tri- driving in the car and you can't light a menorah in the car, you're on the plane, you, you, your wife will light for you. You're traveling. What are you supposed to do? Ishtakagufoy. Your wife will fulfill the mitzvah halacha for you. So here also, we're saying ishtakagufoy. Your wife is like your body. So if your wife is like your body, so it's not a, if your wife is with you, so definitely someone else also. No, we don't have that someone else also is permissible. That's what the Gemara is asking now. Someone else is not like your body. So maybe it's a problem if someone else is in the bed with you, another man, and they're not wearing clothing to recite Krishna. So the Gemara continues to ask on Shmuel. Two people who are sleeping in the same bed. Each one turns their head around the other direction. And they recite Krishna. Another person was sleeping in his bed. And his children are sleeping on the side next to him. And the understanding is once again that they're not wearing clothing. Unless you have a blanket, a sheet, something separated between the bodies of the people. However, but if the children that are in the bed with you are young, it's mother, you can recite Kriyashma. So the question, so it's not a kasha to Rav Yosef who said, that if a person is specifically with his wife, that's when it's permissible. Okay? Paul, that Bryce is talking about a case when two people are sleeping in the bed and it's permissible to recite Kriyashma. That's with your wife. However, the Bryce saw that said it's Osir to recite Krishna, if there's no blanket or sheet separating between, that's that's with, between a man and a man. That's nothing about your wife. But according to Shmuel, that permitted with another person, Kasha, it is a Kasha because now we have the Brisa not in going according to what Shmuel is saying. So it's a Kasha on Shmuel. Shmuel will tell you, <coughs> according to Rav Yosef, who said, that a person can, he is permitted to recite Shema if a person's wife is with him. Me does that make sense? And the person's children are with him in the bed. He should not recite Kriyashma. Unless a sheet is separating between them. Talis doesn't mean his talis who davens with, means a blanket, a sheet. Now, it says, it says, the Bryce says, Hiya, where is this? You have your children and, fa- and family with another, in your, ha- in your bed. So who's this? Whose family? It means your wife. Okay? And over there also we said it's also unless there's a sheet separating. So why are you saying with your wife it's mutter? To recite Krishna. Elamai is lachlemeimar. Ishtoi l'rav Yosef. Ishtoi l'rav Yosef tanoihi. The case of a person that with his wife in the bed, whether or not he can recite Shema, it's a machlokes tanoim. nami tanoi. So you have you have different tanoim who they can rely on. One said, according to these tanoim, that one's wife with him in the bed is permissible, and one said, according to the tanoim, 
Rav Yaisa said, no, a wife with you in the bed is not permissible. Okay, now, there's a different issue we had to discuss right now. And the issue is as follows. We had mentioned to recite Kriyashma, they cannot be facing each other. When they turn around, if they're not touching each other, that's not a shayla either. Okay, there's not a question, they're not touching each other. The question is, if they're turned around and their, their bottom part of their body, their behind, is touching each other, is that a problem? Is that called erva? Is that called nakedness? Where they are not permitted to recite Kriyashma, if they're touching each other, their backsides are touching each other. That's the shayla. Once again, if they're in the bed together, but they're not touching each other, and they're facing opposite directions, that's not the shayla, that's not the question. So the question we'll deal with now is, is the backside of a person, is that called erva? Because a person, erva is the nakedness, just like the front of the person is the nakedness, is the erva. The question now is the backside also called an erva. Okay. Amramar. We learned in the Braitha earlier that two people were lying in the bed. This one turns his head away from the other one. And we say it's Kriyashma. So, in fact, the Gemara, has a question now. When you turn around, the same way you can't have the erva, your nakedness touching each other from the front, you can't have the erva, the nakedness touching from the back. And the Gemara wants to ask now, is not the agavos? Agavos is the, the way of saying the behind of the person. Is that not uh, erva as well? That's the question. And if that is the case, then how can you recite Krishna when you're touching each other in the backside? And the Gemara Rafuna. So there's a proof to Rafuna. That the backside of the person is not in the category of erva. This is a proof to Rafuna. Rafuna says the halacha. Rafuna says that the backside of the person is not called an erva. Therefore, you have two men sleeping in the bed together. They turn around and they don't face each other. And even if the backsides are touching each other, they are still permitted to recite Krishna. As you pointed out earlier, they have to make sure that they wrap their arm around the chest a little. And therefore, there's a separation between the heart and the lower part of their body. Now we're going to say, let's bring a proof to the case of Rav Huna's din that a, that a gava is the behind of the person, the backside of the person is, is not considered to be an erva. And the case is, interesting scenario, where there's a Mishnah in the Chala. Mishnah is Chala, Perik, Bey is Mishnah Gimel, Ha'isha, Yushavis, Vikhoitzel, Chala, we must get the line. Say, I'll bring a proof to Rav Huna that what? That the gava is, that the backside is not called an erva. It's not called nakedness. And where it says in the Mishnah, Aruma, a lady, we know when she wants to make the dough for chala, she's mafresh chala, she takes off the dough, which is called chala. In this case, for whatever reason, we have to deal with the, the cars we're dealt with, she's not wearing clothing when she's doing this. Okay? Now, is she permitted to be mafresh the chala with the bracha? That's the whole shaila. Is she allowed to make a bracha? So the Gemara says, Mibnei, that, that uh, she is permitted to Aisha, Yoyeshevis, Vekoitzelachalosa, Aruma. She is permitted to be mafish the chala, even though she is not wearing clothing, and of course, understanding is that she's going to be making a bracha. Why? Because she's able to sit down on the ground and cover her bottom. But the Mishnah says, but the man is not able to be mafish the chala without wearing clothing because even if he sits down on the bottom, on his bottom, he's still his front is exposed. That's the problem. 
He can't make a bracha with his front being, being, being exposed. Ah, well, so when she's sitting down on the ground, it's not exposed, it's not considered to be exposed because nothing protrudes out. That's, that's the issue. That's what we're saying. Right? So, take him Rav Nachman by Yitzchak. Rav Nachman wants to say that's not a good proof that the bottom of the person is not called an erva because he wants to say the case could be over there. In other words, her bottom part of her body was, was like submerged in the ground. And therefore, you don't have a proof that the agavos, that the backside of the person, are not considered to be, are not considered to be not an erva. Gemara says further, Amar Mar, im hayu bonovim ne beisakitanim, if a person's children are younger, and they're with him in the same bed, and they're not wearing clothing, mutter, he's permitted to recite Kriyashma. Now the Gemara is going to clarify, what's the age we're talking about over here? We say kitanim, children. Well, what's the age? So we have two different opinions. <coughs> to what age are we talking about the, the children? Rav Chizda says Tinoikus. We're talking about children. That what? Bas uh, v'yaymechod. A a girl if she is three years in a day, and a Tinoik and the boy ben v'yaymechod nine years in a day. What's these magical numbers of a girl three and the boy nine up to those ages? Because by three and nine, respectively, three for the girl, nine for the boy, that's when if they would have relations, it would be considered to be called or active relations. So if a child of a girl is younger than three, unclad, she could be in the bed with her father or the boy also with the, with the, the father and, or, or the mother the same, well, let's we'll stick to the father for, for now. And it's not considered to be a problem of reciting Shema. It, it could, Look at the Amri. Look another another opinion. Is Tinoik is Bas Achaz Esrei Shon of Yemechad? Vitinoik Ben Shteim Esrei Shon of Yemechad. So we're saying another opinion is that when we say Tinoik children, we're talking about by, by a girl she's eleven years in a day, and by a boy twelve years in a day. Two different opinions. The first opinion was by a girl three, and up to um, by a boy nine. The second opinion was by a girl eleven, and by a boy. 12, okay, which is a year before, respectively, their bar bas mitzvah. And Edi Edi, both, both the 11 year old and the 12 year old, Ad Kedei Shadaim Nachoinu Sarech brings a pasuk in Yecheskel, which refers to until they reach the age of puberty. Once the, the girl is showing signs of puberty that her chest is getting bigger, or the boy is is having uh, pubic hair, so in both of those cases, then they would not be permitted to continue to be with <coughs> with uh, right, right uh, the the father in the bed. Okay, now Amar Le Rav Kahana Rav Ashi. Yes, we're talking specifically about reciting Shema in the bed reciting Shema. So. <coughs> In regards to two people being in the bed that we said earlier, this that we said in base, in the din of the tefillin underneath one's head, that we said Shmuel's, excuse me, we said Shmuel said it's mutter, even if one's wife is with him in the bed. Did I go back? Yeah. Okay. Fine. So even though we said 
that there's a question on Shmuel. Nonetheless, nonetheless, we said the halach is like, like Shmuel. So hachamai, what's the halach over here? Is the halach like Shmuel or not? So Amalei, Rav Asha said to Rav Kana, You're going to take, just because we said over there, the halach is like Shmuel, so you put everything in the same pot, so halach is like Shmuel over here also. In the case where we said the halach is like Shmuel, that's when we said the halach is like Shmuel. In the case where we didn't say the halach is like Shmuel, the halach is not like Shmuel. Now we continue to discuss this topic of erva, of nakedness, in regards to saying Kriyashma. Rav Mari said to Rav Papa, Sar If Sar, if you have uh, pubic hair coming out from the clothing, Umahu, what's the din? Is that considered to be a an erva that one cannot recite Kriyashma in front of it? So Karole called Zer Papa said back to Ramari, Sar, Sar, it's here, it's here, which means it's not considered to be erva, it's not considered to be nakedness, even though the hair comes from the private part of the man. Okay. Amr Yitzchak. In regards to the erva of the nakedness and reciting Krishna, we continue to discussing further. Tefach, a tefach exposed Beisha of a lady is erva. A tefach, a tefach, as we said in the introduction, of a lady's body that is exposed is considered to be an erva. Lemai. What are you coming to tell me this din? What is the relevance of this halacha? If you want to say because of a person, if a lady has a, an exposed part of her body, which is a tefach, you can't look at her, you can't look at it. So Sheisha said, in regards to by the Melchama of Midyon, when Kleiso fought with Midyonim, so you have first that the Midyonim seduced Klai Yisrael, and then Zimri and the whole mice over there, and, and, and the, the older women would sell the goods, and then the younger women would do the Avera with the men, and then when it came to a, a Kapara, so the Kalim, all of the Kalim, the Kalim that were worn by the women under the clothing, and the, the Kalim, right? And the vessels that were the different ornaments and jewelry was worn outside as well. All of it was given away as a kapara, as an atonement for their avera. So the question we're going to ask: What what we can understand the kalim, those ornaments and vessels that were worn under the garment that was what was part of the enticement to do the avera. But on the outside, what's the problem? The ornaments on the outside, what's wrong with that? Why was that needed also to give over for a kapara? Why is the Pasuk in Ba'amidbar Lam and Aleph known V'nakrev es karben Hashem ish asher matzah kleizov et zodov et zomim tabas ogil okumaz Why does it connect and combine the the tachshit and the ornaments from the inside under the garments and the ornaments exposed together Loi malacha it comes to teach us a halacha that whoever looks at the little pinky of a lady with intention to derive enjoyment out of it, benefit, then that's as if the person looks at the prior parts of a lady as well. That's why the, com- the connection is put together. Okay, so what do you see from here? So you see, there can't be that the reason why we said the halacha that, it, uh, that an erva... Uh, Tevach uh, erva is is for that point. Why? Because Tevach erva, you can't even look at a little pinky finger. So if you're doing the right benefit, 
So what's, what's the din, going back to the question, what's the need of the din of tefach, tefach be'isha, ever? what is it applicable to? Ella be'ishto yilukriyashma. We're talking about a person's own wife. And if he's in the room and his wife has a tefach, a small part of her body that is exposed, he cannot be facing her and reciting Kriyashma. Um, Rav Chizda, Rav Chizda tells us another din. Shoik be'isha is also erva. Shoik be'isha erva. The thigh of a lady is an erva. Shinemar, it brings a pasik, in Yeshaya. It says, Gali shoik ivri noharoi. So it says also afterwards, Tigal erva seich vegan teira cherpasach. Okay, that, um, we are, we're, talking, we're connecting here, galig, to reveal the shoik, as also it says the word in the next passage, like, ervaseich. So you see the shoik, the thigh, is erva as well. Amar Shmuel, kol beisha erva. Shmuel says the voice of a lady is also called the nakedness. Shenemar, as it says, ki koilech arev, your voice is sweet, umarech nova, and your appearance is beautiful. Amrav Sheshes, Sar Beisha Erva, the hair of a lady is Erva, Shnemar, Sarech, Keeder, Izim. And we talk, we see over here that since the Pasuk is praising the hair of the lady, so we see from over here that there brings to, can bring to Taiva, to desire, and that also brings to, that also is an Erva, and we'll stop here. Thank you. So the, the thing-